You know what's not smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. But you know what is smart? ZipRecruiter.com slash style. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustplot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash style. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-T-Y-L-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash style. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday. we got to talk some USC Trojan football because that's what we do. The 5-5 five five Trojans uh, coming off a 15-14 loss to the California Golden Bears. The Golden Bears are now bowl eligible and USC is not. USC hasn't lost to Cal since 2003. It was reunion weekend. It was homecoming weekend. My friends in were out of town. Their son is 14 years old. Never had lost to Cal until now. So many weird things going on this weekend. We're going to talk about all of that with the Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. You can also email the show, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you can call or text us. The number is 424-254-9141. We got a lot of calls. We got a lot of texts. We got emails. We got everything. People are not upset, and we're going to talk about all of that with the coach, Harvey Hyde. How are you doing today, coach? Hopefully you're well. Well, you know, I'm uh, feeling good. I mean, I have uh, I could be uh, worse. Uh, it's just, uh, something that, uh, happens, uh, it's, and I'm getting used to it. So when you start <laughs> to get used to something, it doesn't hurt as much. And I think that's what happens to a program at times. And I used to mention this all the time to my coaches that, uh, you start to lose confidence. You start to not let it hurt you as much. And, uh, you don't, you lose your confidence and you build the confidence of your opponent. So I feel good today. Uh, I'm very disappointed as far as the performance of USC, not even scoring in the second half, having an opportunity to score 21 points in the first half, which normally would be enough points to beat the golden bears, but they weren't able to do that. And also embarrassed themselves in sportsmanship and a lot of other things that I think is, uh, not good for the image of USC. Yeah, couldn't disagree. I mean, couldn't couldn't agree with you more. I'm screwing myself up already early in the show. Um, couldn't agree with you more, Coach Harvey Hyde. And uh, we're going to get into all of that. You kind of like touched the surface on several of the major talking points that many of the people who wrote in, our listeners, uh, called in, wrote in, texted in, all of that. So we're going to try to address everyone's concerns and get your thoughts, obviously, on the game. I wanted to thank Southern California Tickets. Uh, two really important games in Southern California coming up, USC and UCLA. And then, of course, USC and Notre Dame in the Coliseum. If you need tickets to those or any sort of sporting event or other event like a play or a musical, anything like that, you can go to Southern California Tickets, SoCalTix, S-O-C-A-L-T-I-X.com, or call them, tell Curtis hello from the coach, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. If you need tickets for anything, uh, go check out Southern California Tickets, and they can help you out. Uh, Coach, yeah, it was really, like I mentioned at the top of the show, it was a pretty good crowd, I thought. 57,000 or so, um, more than like the Arizona State game. Uh, You know, it was the best, I think the best home crowd so far. Notre Dame will be better uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, But there, you know, I was on campus. I, I did my reunion. I wasn't working the game, so it was a very different perspective for me. And uh, it was fun, you know, go to the tailgates. Uh, I did, 
jump over to the ESPN radio booth and do their pregame show. You pointed that out off the air. Yeah, so I didn't completely not work. I was tweeting some during the game, but for the most part, I just tried to enjoy myself and, uh, you know, classmates run into people I hadn't seen for, you know, sometimes 25 years since I've been at USC. So that was kind of a cool experience. But the coolest part, Coach, is the only reason I'm bringing this up is the number of people that came up to me and said, Hey, you're Ryan from the podcast, right? Parastel Podcast, Coach Harvey High, Dan Weber. So many people uh, from all over the world, uh, from uh, Singapore and and, uh, and Guam. I had someone that was lived on my floor at, at Century Apartments at USC that lives in Guam now. The wife, uh, Dana, she's she comes up to me like she wanted a picture. She listened to the show all the time. And then her husband had gone to USC for a couple years. And like remembers me from Century Apartments, remember where my dad worked and what city I was from. It was crazy how he was able to remember uh, all this stuff. But so many people, Coach, would come up to me and and the show was this, I don't know, just something that bonded them together. And they wanted to, you know, they all were like congratulating me. Hey, thanks. I'm glad you can uh, enjoy this weekend uh, for homecoming because they knew I said about, you know, I said it on the show. So that was I know the game was crazy, but that was such a great feeling. We just have awesome listeners. And I just wanted to to thank all of them and everyone that came up to me and said hello. And, and if you didn't, you know, please don't hesitate. If you see any of us out there, come say hello. But it, that was a lot of fun for me, Coach. It is a lot of fun. And we want to thank you all for uh, listening to our podcast and uh, sending the questions in. Because without you, we don't we don't have any listeners. And also, we don't have any questions. And one way I would like to ask you, to, uh, as far as to assist us, uh, is to follow me at Coach Harvey Hyde, at Coach Harvey Hyde, and uh, that way you can get all the updates of what I'm doing and what I think during the games, uh, as far as what uh, should happen or what I hope happens. And also, if you'd call Southern California Ticket Service, they are a sponsor of the podcast, and uh, inform them of your thoughts. It would be certainly appreciated so they continue the sponsorship. That's all I want to say. If sponsors know that people appreciate it, they will continue appreciating it. And I don't know how many years we've been doing this, Ryan, but it always is good to thank them for allowing us to bring this information to our listeners. For sure, yeah. Thanks to Southern California Tickets, and uh, thanks, obviously, to all of the listeners out there. I just wanted to kind of mention that. It was a little surreal just having that many people uh, come up and, and say they listen to the show. And so just want to shout out to all of them. And thanks, thanks for doing that. And, uh, you know, tweet at coach, are Hyde? You got any questions? Are you, a lot of you tweeting at me, um, sending emails, texts and all that kind of stuff. Well, coach, I, I can't delay talking about the actual game <laughs> that much longer. Um, there are so many, uh, there's a lot of questions, a lot of concerns. The biggest group of questions we got were about, um, Toe Lobendon and snapping. So let me read you a few of these. We got some texts and emails and stuff and then kind of get your thoughts. So I, I just want to read these to get, you know, the people's thoughts off their chest and then we'll get your thoughts on all this. So uh, Jared wrote in, Hey guys, question for Hi uh, coach Hyde after the bad snap turned safety. How can Lo Lobendon still be trusted as the team center? It's been infuriating watching him snap all season. In my opinion, this is the last draw. Uh, also, I watch Alabama walk into Bryant Denny today wearing all suits and sports coats. Meanwhile, USC walks in wearing these track suits and sweatpants. I wonder if there's a connection between how the team dresses on game day and the level of professionalism they show on the field. Appreciate your thoughts. That's from Jared. We also have uh, a text message. Uh, says, hey, Ryan and crew from the LA band alum. Why does Clay continue to play Toa number 50? Bad snaps, not picking up blitzes, etc." What is Clay thinking? Please ask Coach Hyde if he's ever been in this type of situation when he was a coach and what he did to fix the problem. Thanks for all you do and fight on. Uh, we got a text from Athens, Greece. Uh, Robert, class of 2000. Does the fact that Clay Helton not doesn't replace struggling center who's had snapping problems all season prove how freckless he is? Thanks for your time and fight on, Robert in Athens. And then the last one is Clayton, class of 2001. Uh, from your answer last week, it seems like Coach Heldon is being stubborn, keeping Toa at center. His stubbornness just cost him the game and probably his head coaching position at USC. Coach Hyde, do you believe it's fair to the other players on the team for Clay Helton to keep someone in a position they're not suited for? I hope we beat UCLA, but I can see us losing and not being bowl eligible this year. That doesn't seem fair for the seniors 
and the players that have given everything for the program. His loyalty to one player seems to be letting everyone else down. Clayton, class of 2001. So sorry, there's a lot of points in there, but um, I just wanted to read them all since they were obviously along the, the same lines. All right, I'll try to cover it uh, as best I can generally. First of all, it is a problem. We've talked about this, I think, for two years. It hadn't been a problem that just recently happened. It's been something that's been going on, and no one has really admitted it's a problem. When asked after the game uh, about the problem, it isn't really directly uh, discussed, and it's sort of blown off about the kid being a great kid and all this and that. That's not what the question was. How is that disrupting your team? From that snap, I think from that snap, that caused uh, USC to lose the football game. Uh, Directly off of that snap, the safety, the punt afterwards, the post route, uh, the uh, other touchdown that followed it in the third quarter in about a, I don't know, nine-minute period was all the scoring that Cal had. And the momentum of the entire game changed, and also the offense just, uh, the confidence of the offense just disappeared. And I think it's a huge problem, and it's a huge problem for Toy Lobodon, too, because he loses his confidence as far as the type of center he should be. And that not only does it affect his snapping and confidence there, it affects his playing ability as far as the leader of the offensive line, the most experienced, making the calls, picking up blitzes, and doing the necessary things that uh, help a team win championships. Uh, the first thing I might think about doing, if you're going to continue playing Toya, which obviously it's going to be that way because you heard Clay Helton say that, which is the way he wants to go. I would uh, run the rest of the season under center. I really think that if they developed a real package under center, and you know, it's late, there's two more games, but I think you get more to what the fans like, a more eye and a more diversified package from what USC is all about, and uh, be able to give the quarterback, JT Daniels, more of an opportunity as far as being the type of quarterback he should be, and in that type of offense, rather than a spread offense where everybody knows where he is, and they continually beat the you-know-what out of him, and no one's blocking anybody anyway. So what they should basically do is get into a play-action-pass type of rhythm, run the football from that, have play-action-pass to the tight ends, what they don't utilize, as other universities utilize. They should watch Alabama play. They should watch Notre Dame play. They should watch successful programs play and say how, see how they use their tight ends and basically just move the, the quarterback up under center. I think it looks more uh, like USC with the personnel they have. They can attack quicker, have more than one play off of it. They have really two plays off of it that they run and uh, develop that portion of what they do in the final two games of the year. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be successful, and I don't mean run it 100% of the time, but I know it would eliminate a lot of what's going on with the offensive line and the confidence of the center now worried about where the ball's going because I don't know how he did that last one, but that last one was like a missile. It's probably circulating now the world, going around the world. I, I mean, that one just came out of there. And uh, that's got to be corrected. And uh, and uh, he's not going to replace him. So there's got to be some type of improvement there. Otherwise, everything's going. I, I'm seeing the confidence of of the team, the blocking. Uh, I see a little hassling between players now, pointing fingers, uh, loss of control, lack of improvement, all the little things that you can see happening now towards this end of the season. Uh, here they have played 10 games and are not even bowl eligible. If they happen to lose to UCLA, which I think is going to be a toss-up type of football game, and Notre Dame, the where they're playing, they won't even be bowl eligible. So, you know, it's a sad state right now, I'd say, with the Trojan football program. Excuse me, Coach. Would you say with, uh, like what Clayton wrote in, that it's stubbornness? Um, and also if they're, you know, it's, yeah, I guess, I guess just with that, it, you feel he's being stubborn where he just doesn't want to replace a player where something like to me, if you have like a 16 year old child who's got their driver's license and, and he or she gets in a couple car accidents in a week, it doesn't mean you don't love them. 
if you take away their driving privileges, you're trying to protect them. It just seems like Clay Helton obviously loves Toa Lobendon, but you could probably protect him better by move, at least, you know, it, you don't have to bench him forever, but just moving him out, putting someone else in there and lighting a little bit of a fire under him. Just get him out of there for a bit. I, I don't know what you think about that. Well, I think it's a, a lack of probably knowing what you need to do. And you need to do certain things where you're still in control of your football program and you cannot not condone a couple of the things that are happening. That's one of them. Yes, I would make a change. I would say, hey, if you can't snap the ball, you can't play. And I would do the same thing with the unsportsmanlike conduct that's going on in the field. If you want to go over and play for Cal, go over and play for Cal. You're not playing anymore. Sit down. You're not going in the game. If you want to go in the locker room and pout about it, I don't care. That's not how Trojans play. The same thing with dancing in the end zone. Act like you've been there before. The old term we've used all the time. Hey, that's hurting USC. Every time they make a big play, someone's got to open their mouth and talk trash. Hey, don't talk trash. And I see more trash talking now than ever before. So how does it continue to grow? Why isn't there been something to do? I mentioned last week, and don't get me wrong, I love Cedric, uh, Cedric Ware. But when he got that penalty last week, I said he wouldn't have played the rest of the game. And you heard me say that. And you have to start setting examples of what you condone and what you condone. The same way as far as the dress of the team. Hey, at USC, I'm sure guys have blazers, okay? And can come down and look like a football team that represents the university. And you've been there for the pregame when they come in and they circle around on the stadium floor. And I hate to talk frankly, but you asked me to. And someone like a defensive lineman is wearing that cape like he's Superman or something. What is that all about? I don't understand that type of stuff. And wearing it around and I see it on social media and all these type of things. Hey, you do whatever you want. I'm starting to think you do. I think you do whatever you want. So uh, I hate to talk like this, but if you have two eyes like I do, don't tell me you haven't seen it, okay? Now, maybe you don't agree with what I'm saying. You don't have to. But I think those things all add up to what a football program is about. All right, we got a voicemail question, Coach. Let me play it for you. Here we go. Hi, this is Richard from uh, Palm Springs right after the game. Well, boys, again, where do we start? Uh, I think Helton not going for the field goal, safety, and the last with uh, Eamon uh, getting a penalty. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Cost him the game. Everybody can say what they want about Helton. Yeah, he's a nice guy, but he is not the coach. And I'm telling you from the fan base at the Coliseum tonight, booing, uh, I think it's time for Clay to go. The only thing that would have been worse tonight would have been to see Paul Hackett leading the boys out of the tunnel. Uh, it's bad. We need a change. I've been going to the SC games for over 60 years, and this is not something's got to change. There, there's just nothing there. So uh, pass this along. I enjoy your program very much. Sorry for the frustration, but I'm sure you guys are frustrated just as much as I am. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye. No, I, I know exactly how you feel. Uh, towards the end of the game, the Coliseum was almost empty. Uh, with four or five minutes to go in the game, and it's a close football game, everybody had left. I think that the booing is very disappointing as far as the crowd because they're kids. But sometimes they're, uh, what they're seeing, how else do they express it? And they're like anybody else. Uh, they're paying high price for their tickets. I think most people are really flustered, too. They're tired of going to games to start at 7 at night or 7.30 at night, and they get home at 11 or 12 at night. They're tired of that. And why is those games so late? Why is SC getting chosen for most of those games? Because nobody wants them. They get the, they're getting picked by the last affiliate. And, uh, you know, what type of exposure are they getting on the East Coast? Maybe one or two 7, 7.30 games. But, Ryan, I'm guessing six or seven, maybe more, seven, seven, thirty games. I do, a, like, a radio show after the game at 9 p.m. on a station in Vegas, uh, Kate on AM 720, and it's turned into my halftime show. 
It was supposed to be my uh, <laughs> Trojan football revolt post-game show. Now I say, well, guys, tonight it's just about halftime. <laughs> so let's talk about what's happened, and then let's talk about other things. And then it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. When I set that time, 9 p.m., when you assume that the games would be over with, I mean, it's absolutely a little bit ridiculous. And I think that's all part of the frustration that everybody's taking out. And the players the same way, waiting all day, waiting all day. It's homecoming. I told you last week, Ryan, hey, take your time, pace yourself. You're there on campus. Yeah. You're having parties, all of that. I said, it's a long day. Well, as a football player and as a coach waiting for that kickoff, it's a long day. And for a fan, it's a long day. And when you're not playing well, you easily get upset. And I think that's all part of the deal that's going on with the renovation, no parking, 7.30 games, 7 o'clock games, not knowing what time the UCLA game is next week. I'm hearing now, I don't know, I'm hearing it's a 12.30 kickoff, but I would never say that by the time people listen to this, they'll know. But, you know, I think it's all now just adding up to what type of season it's been, the non-improvement of what's going on. I think I tweeted out. I'm not sure if I did this, Ryan. You read, you listen to my tweets. But I would have made a quarterback change to hope the momentum of the game went there in the third quarter. I would have brought in Jack Sears. Nothing against JT, but I think I tweeted out it's time for a change uh, just to get a different type of uh, energy level maybe from the team. Interesting. That's uh... – we uh, um, that's uh, one of the texts we got from George and Oxenarch. I'll read it to you now. What do you think of starting Jack Sears the rest of the way? I would love to get a real good look at him in live game action before the offseason. We don't have anything to lose, do we? This team is in desperate need of a shot in the arm. Thank you, as always, Ryan and Coach Hyde. Fight on, George and Oxenard. Well, George, here's my feeling. If you're going to run the offense you're running, you've got to go with Jack Sears, Okay. I keep talking about this. You watch TV all weekend and watch teams. Look at all the top teams in the country. All the quarterbacks that run the one-back set are all athletic. They're the second running back from Sua, from Tua to, I mean, to look what Martell did for Ohio State in the second half. They made a change there, and he's a running quarterback. I mean, everywhere in the country that runs this offense, the athletic quarterback continues to fake and continues to run. Even Cal's quarterback, who is a good kid, but he can't run the football. He even heard SC. I mean, uh, it, it you've got to have an athletic quarterback, and if you're not going to carry out with the fakes and ru- run uh, JT Daniels, he ran one times. It wasn't a call play, I don't think. I think he just ran and then slid. Then why are you running this offense? Like I suggested, run an eye, do something else, give him a chance. Because they know where he's going to be. He doesn't even carry, continue with the fake or the bootleg to give the backs even a better chance. Good kid, wrong offense. So if you're going to spread the field and make him cover the field, you got to have an athletic quarterback. Sears and Fink fit that better than what JT does. So JT would be great at Washington State or somewhere where they just stand back there and throw the ball 90 times a game or 50 times a game. But right now, you've got to get some momentum and stretch the field and hit the tight end in the middle of the field and do some different things that you're not doing. You're making it very hard on JT. Very, very hard on him. He's losing his confidence. I see it. And uh, so you've got to do something to get the energy level back and get the crowd back and see people. They, they're saying, now, I don't want to go and watch any more of that. I know what people are saying. Because I hear that. But I think you've got to do something to get the team back, get the energy level back, uh, do something that helps your offense. The defense allowed something like 200 and some yards. But I still don't think they played up to their level of what they should do on big plays and turnovers and stopping uh, plays that are key to the game when they run keeps and different things. Uh, You know, uh, there's just not that level of what a Trojan football program, the expectation of what it's expected. We have uh, another uh, voicemail, a little bit of therapy, I think, uh, looking here. Coach, here, I'll play it for you. Hey, this message is for 
Coach Hyde. Coach Hyde, this is Franco from the uh, the East Coast. East Coast. Coach Hyde, I just want to thank you for all you do for the program. It's impossible to have a bad week with you. Because uh, either USC wins the game or happy, or they lose the game, I can turn to you and Ryan, as I know you'll identify the uh, perpetrators of bad football in a usual funny and insightful way. Your, your, rant, your rants are legendary, Coach Hyde. Keep them coming. There's so many things on a micro level you could talk about this Cal game, but the, the biggest thing I, I took away was if you turn on the game with about 30 seconds left, didn't look at the scoreboard. You know which side won just by looking at the players. And what I noticed was the Cal guys had grass and dirt stains all over the uniforms. And USC guys, they looked very clean, like they just showed up for the game. I mean, and this is my biggest issue with these guys. You have all the five-star talent in the world, but if you give out two-star effort, what are you going to do? It's not going to get you very far. You know, maybe USC thought they were playing a touch football game and they have to get down and dirty. But the Cal guys came. They out-effort us, out-hustled us. They got dirty, and they got the win. Thanks, Coach Hyde. Take care. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate that because it's very difficult for me to, at times, uh, be completely honest on how I feel because I, I know they're kids, and I know that these coaches work hard, and I like Clay Helton. But I think there's also a responsibility of seeing what I see and saying, this is how I see it. And I know a lot of you agree and a lot of you don't. And for you that don't agree with me, I respect you for your thoughts and what you believe in. So I I don't know uh, how everybody feels, but this is how I feel. I I just think that I have always put the SC football program at a different level. I have always considered it an elite program, one that should be compared with the upper echelon of the Ohio States, Alabama, Clemson, and so on, in the same language. And I think that you can't just talk it, you got to do it. And there's a lot of things that need to be restructured uh, to make that happen. I'm not advocating any type of changing of coaches. I'm advocating... Uh, making uh, adjustments in the program where, you know, it's not an intramural program, as you mentioned. It's a serious thing to play football at USC. And if you can't carry the ball 25 times a game and wait your turn, maybe you should go somewhere else. So walk on running back from Cal, walk on running back that beats USC. Uh, A quarterback that USC never considered recruiting beats USC. I mean, you brought this up as far as the recruiting uh, numbers and whatever those uh, pre-stars mean. But uh, if you go by the recruiting, you say what's going on, and there's more of a keeping the players happy than doing what's right for the program. If you can't adjust to what our standards are here, then maybe you should go somewhere else. And you aren't going to play every play. The best guys are going to play. And if that guy can't get it done, we'll find somebody that can. I used to do that even with my coaches. I say, if you can't coach this position any better, you're hurting all of us. So, you know, this is what you have to be and this is what you have to do. You can't allow niceness to be weakness. You've got to be able to be respected for your decisions You've got to be able to be able to make the right decisions. Like I didn't believe, of course, Coach Clay Helton believed, or you wouldn't have gone for the fake or the fake field goal. But when I saw that happen, I said, "Oh no, please!" You take the points, especially against a team that can't score. You want to get points on the board and then play great defense and win the football game. And the fake, uh, fake field goal, passing it to your kicker to run. How many times has he been tackled tackled this year? Who's your backup kicker if something happens to it? Wow. Good point there. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh, they'll wipe him out. Hey, you know I mean, when you get a sur- shot at a kicker? He kick? had knee surgery, you know. It's like- uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about? Who makes that call? I mean, take the three points. If he goes down and gets hurt, I don't know what you do. So, you know, it all comes down to these type of things that I wonder about. And and uh, thank you very much for your question. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you point that out. We've we've harped on special teams quite a bit. I was in the stands and saw one punt return where 
USC only had 10 men on the field and then Valus Jones starts to run out, but comes back. So, you know, and it was, it was a Kyle was punting deep in their own territory. I probably would have helped to have an extra block there for, for Tyler Vons. He's, he's returned one for a touchdown before, but I feel like going into the game, you kind of knew a lot. I mean, the things that I was harping on, uh, one with Cal, when I would watch Cal, it was amazing. Uh, Chase Garbers was fine. You know, he was doing a pretty good job. It's not like it's super dynamic Cal offense. They're beat up at the wide receiver spot. But when Garbers is in, they just seem to be more effective. They bring in Brandon McElwain, and then they start turning the ball over a lot. Well, I told I think I, I don't know if I said on this show, but on the, on one of the other ones, that I feel like last week when they they brought in McIlwain too often, they end up losing to Washington State, and I feel like that was going to be a turning point. Like, they're not going to do that anymore. And I was right about that. They didn't play McIlwain. Garbers was the guy. He had one fumble, which was a really nice play by, I can't remember who it was, but it was a, a great um, forced fumble from USC, and uh, that was one turnover, but that was the only turnover. So, you know, last year against USC, Cal turned it over six times, and, and USC, you know, kind of squeaked out a win. This time, only one turnover. So Cal took care of the ball and just did what they needed to do. And the other thing I'd mentioned a lot is like, we talked about how this USC offense changed going into Oregon State, but it's Oregon State, so you have to take it with a little bit of grain of salt. But I'd said, and we I think we talked about on this show, you get two bad snaps like you had against Oregon State that USC got both of them back. I said, if you get one of those against Cal, it's really going to hurt you because there's going to be points are at a premium. That's a huge mistake in a game like that. And it was like, obviously it ended up being exactly right because at that point, USC's up 14, nothing. And then you get the safety to make it 14 to two and, and Cal scores, you know, they get a short field and, and score again. Uh, it was almost been better off if, if Cal would have scored a touchdown instead of the safety, because it would have been one score instead of the two that they ended up. But I'm, I'm not going to blame the defense. I mean, 207 total yards. There's not much else <laughs> they can do. There was definitely some bad plays, but to hold Cal to 15 points, you should probably be able to win that game. No, I agree with you. And, I, you know, I said that earlier. But you got to make a big play. You can't have breakdowns in the secondary. And you can't allow a guy to run a post pattern where you almost twist your knees, but you don't know how to cover him. I mean, you can't have that type of uh, play. And uh, they hit that big play again. You see that all the time happening. Breakdowns in the secondary. You've got to be able to coach him up. And uh, that happened. And they got a touchdown. So, uh, you know, these are the things that, that happen. And I know everybody, you know, that coaches the team doesn't want these breakdowns. And the kid that made the mistake, uh, uh, that's the way it goes. But uh, USC's offense isn't good enough to overcome those mistakes. Yeah, They're not good enough to overcome those type of breakdowns. They're not good enough to overcome unsportsmanlike conducts. They're not good enough to do that. And I, somebody's got to tell those guys the way they were playing and the way they were trash talking, they thought they were eleven and zero or ten and zero. Man, please just play football. Yeah, that's <laughs> just play football is uh, kind of what they have to do. Uh, we got some more questions. Uh, obviously, here's an international one, James from Tokyo. Uh, two minutes left to, to go in the cow game right now. I'm about to throw my TV out the window and try to regain myself. Simply put. This game is beyond comprehension. A bunch of five stars cannot control emotions, cannot snap, cannot do anything right, and the list goes on. Can someone please get rid of Helton and his crew? The Trojan Nation deserve better, and poor coaching is something we can no longer tolerate. It, uh, it is clear that Helton lost fans, and he also lost his players. That's James in Tokyo. And that's that's an interesting point. I, I agree with James, Coach the fans are lost. Like I haven't talked to anyone that's supporting this coaching staff right now. It's really hard to find anyone uh, that is, but I'm not, I don't know if he's lost the players. I don't think he's lost the whole team. There's probably some, what What do you think about that? Do you feel like that he's lost the players? No, I don't know if he's lost the players, but he lets them do anything they want. And what I mean by that, I don't see anybody getting chewed out when something negative happens. And what I mean chewed out, uh, I mean let them know that, hey, we can't stand for this. I, I don't see that. And that's what upsets me the most. It's, it's tolerated. I mean, like the bad snaps, uh, someone earlier asked that. It's tolerated. 
and at the end of the uh, or at the post game conference, it's tolerated. It's not like, hey, we can't have that. We're making a change. It, it's and and I love guys that support their players, but you gotta be able to say, hey, that's not the way we do it here. And if we continue this happen, it's gonna be changed. We hear things are gonna be cleaned up, cleaned up. Everything's gonna be cleaned up. But uh, what is cleaned up? I mean, it's, uh, tell me, has this team really gotten better? Is this team still making the same type of mistakes it did before? Is this offense improved from what it was? Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, I have to say no, because I don't think, first of all, the offense fits the personnel of your leader, which is the quarterback on offense. And until someone recognizes that, and I don't know how long I've been talking about this, why it happened and uh, they ran the same offense last year is you had Sam Darnold who made things happen because he was able to adjust to all the pressure, tough guy. You weren't going to break him in half if you hit him. And he was flushed out of the pocket all the time and found somebody open and made the big play. That's why this is a young kid who came to USC with the starting position, I think, before he got on campus. And that's a very difficult thing for me to say. But I think everybody got caught up in his hype. And, uh, and uh, I, don't know if, I don't know how the team feels about that, but I think it all comes out in the wash, okay? Uh, I don't know. I think someone told me, I didn't see it, that one of the players even shoved him during the game, a defensive player. Now, I don't know. But see, this type of stuff, when you lose, it becomes very, very point, everybody's pointing fingers. And that can't happen in a football program. Cannot happen. All right. Uh, we got a voicemail question. One last voicemail for you. Here we go. Hey, Ryan. Um, this question is for Coach Harvey Hyde. Um, wow, I just watched the uh, homecoming game and, you know, I mean, par for the course. Um, I'm sorry that it was your 25th reunion and that really sucks. But that's um, what you have to face for, uh, you know, that milestone. At any rate, um, I saw a report earlier this week, obviously not after the game because it's like midnight um, California time. So the game has basically defended that um, Bruce Feldman had reported on ESPN that he had sources close to the um, administration of USC, whereby they were basically saying that Helton was effectively safe um, from being fired, and uh, they felt like his decisions um, earlier to remove T. Martin um, from calling the offense, et cetera, were sufficient enough to keep his job and that they were fully supporting him. Um, I don't anticipate that <laughs> Lynn Swan or the administration are listening to the Parasol podcast. I hope they are. I really do. Um, but, you know, in the case that they are, I've got to think that the loss to Cal, the way that we lost, the really embarrassing fashion has to change this playing field. I don't know if you want to comment on the reports or – you know, what should be the tenor of SC, given what happened tonight. I mean, I saw, I think the stat is there was, what, 40 yards of offense in the second half? I mean, that's just embarrassing. Um, so I guess this is probably more of a rant than a question, um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on the hiring situation, Um what the reports are out there as to whether Clay Helton is or is not in the hot seat. Um, thanks and fight on. Um, well, thank you very much for the question. And I think that is a question that should be answered. I know people sometimes are afraid to ask that question, but first thing I've always learned that the first time you get an endorsement from the administration, you're in trouble. Okay. Uh, because they know there's a problem or they wouldn't be saying that. Why would you be saying that if you didn't think there was a problem? So I think that is uh, something you have to be very careful of as far as an head football coach or a coaching staff. So I don't know how Lynn Swan will address it. 
Uh, he's uh, never been in this position before as far as a athletic director, and he's never hired a major college football coach before to know what that is all about and how to go about that. Now, obviously, he's a great football player and a smart man and a very successful person, but I can't do surgery. I can't give you a heart transplant either because I've never done that. So I think it takes experience and knowledge of how to do that if that was something that they're considering doing, and I think it's above his decision. I think the pressure will come from the trustees and uh, people uh, who support the university money-wise, and uh, the money is not going to be a problem on a buyout if that's what they decide to do. I think the number one thing is you have an interim president, which would not be included in this decision. And if you do have a president in the near future, of course, that president wants to feel as though he's part of the hiring and should have the experience of knowing the same thing on how important a football program is to your university. A lot of people don't understand the importance of a traditional football program such as USC, what it brings to the university, the pride of the university, the colors of the university, which are cardinal and gold, by the way. And I see so many of different uh, colors of black and this and that that sometimes I wonder where that come from as far as for coaching shirts to um, uniforms and as far as socks, all the different things that I say, hey, man, hey, the tradition is we're cardinal and gold. And, uh, and the mascot not being featured as much as it was and the people having the pride of wearing their colors the way they used to. And all the things that are the bragging rights of the university, such as this is a family, and we're a family, and we want to keep it this way. So, you know, I think that's very important to understand. And I think one of the things to understand, that if they are going to make a coaching change, and I have no idea, and I'm not saying I like Clay, I'm not even talking about as far as liking anyone. I'm just saying if you are considering make a coaching change, if that is something they're talking about right now on a Sunday, okay, then make it now because you've got to find yourself a coach because of the early signing period. And you've got to be able to put a staff together that you can get these recruits or you're going to lose these recruits. So, you know, make a decision. Don't call a timeout. Because you'll waste your timeouts like USC wasted their timeouts on the field last night. So if you're a guy that knows what's right or what's wrong, you know what's right. Make your decision. You're in that leadership position. So that's what they pay you several million dollars a year to do. Make that decision. And putting that staff together needs to be assembled now with capable people and make it a priority where you're not worried about what it costs you because you only get what you pay for. And if you have to pay $4 million a year to get a coach, the coach SC, the promised land that you all talk about, then pay it. If you have to pay coordinators a million a year, then pay it. If you've got to have a recruiting coordinator that knows every high school coach in the country and every athlete in the country right now, then do it. Don't bring in people and have them do it for the first time. There got to be people that have done it over and over and over and no coaches on the first name basis right now. Arizona State hired Al Luganbill. As their recruiting coordinator, they call it personnel, director personnel. He has 20 people under him that are recruiting continuously in answer to him. His son is Tommy Luganbill, who's on the sidelines reporting and put together the recruiting every year on ESPN until they eliminated that. I'd hire Tommy Luganbill right now. He knows every player in the country, every head coach in the country, Pay him whatever you have to pay him, 500000 a year or whatever. And then you know about recruiting and relationships on and off the field. Now, this is just me. I'm not talking about, but I'm saying if you're going to make a change, 
quit putting it off. If you're going to make a real endorsement, make a real endorsement. But don't be fooling around because you're losing valuable time. And I'm not going to say anything more about that because I like Clay Helton, but I'm just telling them, don't do it the hard way. Do it the right way. Yeah, I agree with you, Coach. Um, real quick on some of that. Yeah, that's. I didn't know Arizona State's recruiting staff was that big. Uh, I knew they had hired people, but USC's is pretty bare bones, and they have some guys that do amazing work. Gavin Morris and Eric Ziskin and you know, guys like that are just really valuable to this machine, but there's only a couple of them. They are definitely uh, understaffed for what a place like USC. And as far as like the Bruce Feldman report, like I'll, I'll talk to Bruce and stuff too. We put some stuff in the war room, similar. My, my gut feeling and, and for everything we were told is that's not something. Lin Swan would, does not want to have to make a coaching change. But we had said Clay Hilton may force his hand and obviously a loss to Cal for the first time since 2003. Uh, is a big deal. And, but the, you know, Dan Weber brings up a great point about the, the rivalry games are very important. So if, if Clay Hilton goes out and beats UCLA and Notre Dame, I don't think he's going anywhere, but if he loses both, I don't see how he stays. If he gets killed by Notre Dame, I think that makes it a lot tougher. They would at least be bowl eligible. We just don't know at this point. I don't think the ideal situation because of everything else going on in the university would be to replace uh, a head coach. So my guess coach is if they do make a if they do make a change, it's not going to come till after the season. And you're right; they they want to sign a huge class for and sign them early. So coaching controversy, coaching turnover, all that stuff at that time would be uh, it would be a hindrance. Um, so that that would be something that would be hard to do. So I I don't know. Uh, it's just kind of a mess uh, right now. And I think when you make it's it's USC's mess that they've made. It's not just about you know, Clay Helton and the job he's done, but, you know, bringing in an inexperienced athletic director again, like that's, that's going to hurt you having a president that is forced out. I mean, all of that stuff, that's leadership problems that USC's had. And this is where it's come, you know, it's come to roost because you're something you want to do something major. You would like to change. You're not in a position to do right now because of all the other mess mistakes that were made before this. No, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, uh, big-name coaches who are going to get big-name jobs aren't going to wait around. People are going to go after them. Uh, Petrino, or not Petrino, but the coach at Louisville was let go today, and they bought, they bought him out at $14 million, okay? Money's not the problem. It's making sure that you want and have the program that's necessary, and you can't wait if you're going to do this. This is my point. You can't wait. There's, there's names out there. Bobby Stoops, he's going to coach somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, uh, David Shaw, right up the street. Uh, how do you know you can't buy him out and get him down and play USC type of football? I mean, there's coaches, Jethro Franklin, uh, J- uh, James Franklin at Penn State. How do you know you can't go after him? I mean, the only way you find out is to do it and think you're big time. If don't act big time, be big time. And get the type of people that have name recognition out there they can help your program. But if you're not, then, hey, don't talk big time. Don't come out and have all of these discussions at the beginning of the year that we're going to go to the playoffs because it's a very difficult thing to do. The people that are trying to do it have a tough time getting there. So you've got to be able to realize the state of the program and realize exactly where you are and what you must do to get to that level. And if you're going to get to that level, the coach you hired doesn't meet with the AD on Mondays. He's working on Monday with his staff. If I had to meet with my AD every Monday, I'd tell him to coach the team, okay? <laughs> because because nice. I know why I came here. You understand? And why yeah. you're paying me $5 million. You're wasting my time. I should be with my staff and players. That's That's what I'm saying, and I'm not trying to give a a coaching clinic clinic or course on hiring but i'm saying that this type of thing that makes me wonder what's going on yeah uh frank and sacramento also wanted to throw brett Vetterbull's name the clemson defensive coordinator his name comes out oh yeah quite a bit guys uh, that get it done yeah i mean you gotta have people who have been in those type of positions uh 
uh, a Nick Saban type of uh, look how many head coaches go on in Tennessee, how quickly they turn their program around. Or how about Kirby Smart at Georgia? Where are these guys all from? I mean, they're from programs that have got it done and know what it's all about. They're, and I'm not throwing out any other names of people, but I know coaches out there that we talk and discuss that would be interested very much in the USC job if USC was serious. If USC really wanted to win, if USC is not pretending to be a winner because it's a really dedicated effort, everybody is trying to win, okay? It's not just USC. Everybody is trying to win. So you've got to have the same type of Air Force, Navy, uh, infantry as everybody else does to play at that level. And you've got to want to. You've got to want to, and you make it all available for that coach and staff. So I think I've done enough for that today. Yeah, that's that's cool. And you, you mentioned the, the military uh, Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day, right. Veterans Weekend for everyone. Right. So uh, right. thanks, right. everyone, out for their service. That's a good uh, – something we probably should have mentioned up at the top. We've got a couple of ones. We'll try to get through them real quick, Coach. Uh, text from Chris in Dallas. This hurts to watch. I have to stay up till 1 a.m. to finish the game, only to watch what USC does best talk trash, and get unnecessary penalties throughout the entire game. Nobody on this team has done anything worthy of trash talking. The offensive guard uh, gave up a touchdown after, oh, I'm sorry, OG, it's not offensive guard, uh, Elijah Griffin, sorry about that, Elijah Griffin, the cornerback, gave up a touchdown after talking trash. Yeah, that, that kind of happened right, right away. Uh, I'm sick of the mindset of this team uh, on the field. It sucks. I could take the loss if we didn't play so stupidly. Who is to blame? What do you think's the blame, Coach? Well, uh, you know, who's responsible for what's on the field? I mean, uh, it's not the dean of student activities, <laughs> or I don't, or, or I don't think it's uh, Sigma Chi fraternity. Uh, I think you could figure that out yourself. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I like that. Who's to blame? Uh, we got another text. Uh, this is the most depressing team to watch. Even uh, the last few years, all the wins. When was the last time there was a dominant win? I understand there could be losses, but even the wins never leave you feeling good. Something has got to change. The coaches have to go. Every week we try and make excuses. We have to stop. This is horrible and getting worse by the week. Well, I'll tell you what you have to do. You have to make it, a, first of all, a good work environment, Okay. What I mean, coaches and people have to look forward to going to work. I've always felt that way. I, I mean, I couldn't wait to go to bed because I couldn't wait to get up, okay? Everybody out there knows what I'm talking about, depending what you do for a living. I mean, you dream about all night how you can win in the next day at whatever you have uh, and a chance to do that. So, first of all, you've got to make it an environment in the athlete department and the entire university that people love to go to work. And they love to teach. Coaching is teaching. They love to see their students. They love to see the players. They love to see their faculty members. They love to walk around campus and be all one. And I think that's something you have to unite in the university. And you have to do that by passing it down, how important it is to university to be good in everything. Everything we do is we're the best at in drama, in debate teams, everything we do, not just football, but we want to win in everything we do and be recognized for that worldwide. And it's very difficult to do that without a president. You have a president, but does this president have the power to lead right now like that? And the trustees, you've got to be able to have this in place where there's a direction and there's an image of what this individual who is president wants with this wonderful university. And that is passed down to the faculty, that is passed down to the athletic director, to the coaches, and you have an environment that everybody understands that this is what we are, and this is who we are, and this is what we represent, nothing but excellence in everything we do, and we'll do whatever's necessary to reach that standard. We'll fund it, we'll get the best doctors in the world, we'll get the best teachers in the world, which they have. It will get the best everything in the world 
to be USC. And I think that comes with leadership. Now you have to look at it and say, do you feel that? Is it that work environment? Do you feel that among the alumni? Do you feel that uh, with the people you're associating with? Is it is there harmony? Well, these are all the questions you can answer yourself. You don't have to answer me. So uh, I think that's what needs to be evaluated and uh, in the very near future and soon. We got one last one for you, Coach. Uh, here's an email from Alex in L.A. Throughout the season, there's been plenty of criticism for how Coach Clay Helton has handled the team. Coach Hyde has been particularly critical over the lack of physicality in our practices, which is something I agree with wholeheartedly. There's a formula out there for success. Anyone can figure out what is happening in Alabama from recruiting to preparation. So why don't other coaches try to copy that formula? As a former head coach, did you ever change how you ran things based on what other coaches were doing and what makes a coach finally listen to criticism and make a change? Thanks and fight on. Alex in L.A.? That's a, that's a great question, Coach. Absolutely. I wanted to find out what someone was doing all the time that was better than what I could do. And if I could improve in any way our program in any way, I'd steal it from somebody. I mean, uh, it's just what it is in business and what it is in anything. You've got to be able to uh, compete in whatever you need to do to make your program better in areas. And, and I've said this 100%. In area, I want people around me where I'm weak in areas to be stronger than me. And I want to find out exactly what people are doing. And I was able to find out that because, I mean, and these coaches are on the same boards of Nike and everybody. And we used to have retreats when I was with Danny Ford, all these great coaches. And we'd, we'd talk about what are you doing with this, how are you handling this, my administration doesn't want me to do this, my administration will let me do this. You know, all the different things. Well, how many academic advisors do you have? How many compliance directors do the compliance guys bother you all day? You know, all of this type of stuff. Am I having the, the time to, to spend really on football, or do, do they have me doing all these other things that were really my assistant coaches were running the program, and I'm doing everything else? We would talk about everything, everything. And, you know, I think USC is extremely uh, overconscious on compliance. I think they, they, they should have more faith in their coaches. And I think that the guys are looking for things to justify their jobs all the time. And I think what they should do is assist rather than investigate. And, uh, you know, and I'm being critical here because I get this feedback from I'm not telling you who, but I'm just telling you when you have as many compliance directors as USC has, man, they ought to be working for the FBI because they got more people in the FBI. And I'm being critical, sure as hell. Because I remembered how many times was I called in, hey, we heard that somebody gave somebody a ride in a golf cart. Or we heard that so-and-so uh, took a sandwich out of the uh, chow hall. Or we heard this and we heard that and we heard this. Yeah, you can hear a lot of things. And, uh, yeah, you can try to enforce every little thing, but kids are kids. you got to support your university first. And don't – I always used to say you're innocent until proven guilty. Not guilty, and then you have to prove you're innocent. So I think that's part of the team, too, that has to work with you. And you have to believe as a coach that they're on your side and they're in your huddle. They're not trying to turn you in. They're trying to assist you to make sure that those things don't happen, not try to find out what's happening. And I think these are just little things that I throw out there as far as maybe they should be attended to. All right, Coach. Well, I feel like we were all a lot of uh, a lot of concerned fans out there. We kind of addressed a whole lot of problems with this USC Trojan football team. Uh, sitting 5-5 five and five, needs one more win to be bowl eligible. Uh, if you didn't know, no more uh, mathematically eliminated from being Pac-12 South champion. So there will not be any trips to Santa Clara this year unless you want to go see some other teams uh, play. I was impressed with uh, Utah being able to, I know it was controversial at the end, but Utah loses their starting quarterback. Tyler Huntley loses their 1,000-yard rusher, uh, Zach Moss, and is still able to 
get a win uh, against Oregon. So, but they they need some help because Arizona State uh, had a nice win too. So they they beat UCLA, uh, even though it was close, and they got two games left. If they can win both uh, against Oregon and Arizona, they will represent the Pac-12 South. So that would be Herm Edwards coming in, uh, who I picked to finish last <laughs> in the division, and and they might win it. I did pick Utah to win it. Um, so they, they still have a chance of doing that, but it's, uh, it's not obviously not the ideal situation. It could be, a looks like maybe Vegas bowl is in play. Like if USC can go one and one down the stretch coach, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not, not, not living up to the expectations of the season where there was talk, like you said, of trying to make some sort of, uh, uh, you know, run at the playoff. Obviously that didn't happen. No, and uh, the Las Vegas Bowl would be excited to have USC, believe me. Uh, you know, uh, uh, my contacts in there and so on, I think people would love to travel to Vegas. It's not just a bowl game. It's a great place to go and have a good t- place and uh, time. And look how close it is to Southern California. If you're going to go to a bowl game, you got to win a game, though, to be able to do that and play a team from the Mountain West Conference at that could beat you, and and uh, they really could if you look at Boise State beating Fresno State. I mean, Boise State destroyed last year Oregon in the Las Vegas Bowl, really destroyed them. So it'd be a build battle, uh, and you've got to win the game. Believe me, you've got to go and win the game. And remember, next year, uh, USC opens against Fresno State in the Coliseum. So, you know, uh, these are the type of battles you have to have, and you got to be prepared for them. And you can't be afraid to play them, but I think that it'd be a great bowl game uh, for USC. I know it'd be a hell of a lot better than going, uh, well, I better not tell you where some of these other places are. I don't want to, you know, criticize people where they live or where the bowl games are located, but hey, they do it. They give you a damn good time in Vegas, okay? Yeah. For a bowl game. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be a good one, good one to go to, but you got to take care. I mean, I don't think you can worry about any of that stuff now. Obviously, you got to try to get a win. I mean, that getting a win over UCLA, I think that'll still feel good, even though the Bruins have only won two games all year. Obviously, a loss would be absolutely devastating to lose to first-year head coach Chip Kelly, who's already lost more games at UCLA than he did his entire career at Oregon. Um, that would be pretty bad. I mean, as, as down as the fan base is right now, Coach, I'm trying to imagine a loss to UCLA and what that would mean. Well, basically, it's a bowl game for both teams. USC has to win that game to go to a bowl game, and this is UCLA's bowl game. They're not going to a bowl game. But the satisfaction they live with during the offseason is they beat USC. Well, USC has the satisfaction satisfaction they beat UCLA, and they're going to a bowl game. So this is a huge game for both teams. So, uh, you know, let's put it on the line. It's a huge, huge thing for both universities. Yeah. It really is. A lot of pride on the line. And uh, it's a must game, okay? I'm just going to put you this. It's a must game. It's something, if I was talking to my players, I'd tell them, hey, this is a must game, damn it. And, uh, hell, I might scrimmage all week. Nice. I don't know. But I'd get, the, I'd get the word across to them that this is damn important, Okay. And uh, we'd move on. I love it, Coach. And you know, it's going to be in Pasadena, where you're basically the mayor. Uh, you know, you, you run the city of Pasadena, from what I'm told. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> so everyone should no. come over to Coach Hyde's house. You know, come you know for tea, tea and crumpets, whatever. Tea, <laughs> hell. What do you mean tea? <laughs> Coach Hyde will have a kegger before the game. That'll be great. You know, <laughs> everyone's invited. Just tweet tweet Coach Hyde. Uh, your phone number. He'll call you, give you the address, and uh, everyone can go party over with the coach. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I just don't know. I mean, I didn't know going in here. I thought it'd be a close game, low-scoring game. Then USC gets 14 points in the second quarter. They've had some good second quarters. Um, and uh, didn't didn't score after that, 41 yards after halftime. But I, I kind of thought, like, wow, they this offense really did, you know, advance. And they're playing pretty well against a really good Cal defense, but the Cal defense then shut them down in the second half. So that, that wasn't meant to be, but all right. Well, that's the coach Harvey high. We've already gone over an hour. Appreciate you coach uh, coming on and 
chatting about the show. If you're listening to this on Sunday, we'll have our live show, Tunnel Vision, on Sunday night at 7 p.m. That'll be after we hear from Coach Clay Helton and his conference call at 6 o'clock. So that should be very interesting. Uh, but, Coach, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Remember, follow me at Coach Harvey Hyde. I really do. I want you to know uh, I tweet out a lot of different things, and uh, if you'd like to, I'd appreciate it. So, again, now, Ryan, thank you very much. And, man, this show has been over an hour. This is like an hour, and I'm looking at it, 20 or 30 minutes. Huh? I don't get paid enough for this, right? Uh, I know. We've got to bump up your pay. All right. Big, uh, huge pay. Huge pay. <laughs> if you guys do what I did this for, my phone call just costs more than what I get paid, okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll chip in beer money for when you have the party for all the listeners uh, for the USC okay. UCLA game. All right. Well, that's the Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.